Hey guys, thank you so much for stopping by Legend Church's weekly podcast. Just a quick reminder, you can check us out at legendchurch.com, find us on Facebook and Instagram, and Sunday mornings in Madisonville. But hey, without further ado, set the cruise control, start Matt Run, or grab a drink, and let's talk about all things Jesus. So uh, we started a new sermon series um, called Baggage. I know it's a little on the nose, but this is, uh, I think, a history maker that we've never done a prop for two sermon series in a row. We are like on it. We are firing on all cylinders. Um, but this whole series is about, it's, uh, it's just through Lent, um, this idea that we carry baggage, especially as Christians. Um, Christian sort of or spiritual baggage that comes from more of our traditions and less of the Bible and less from God, but more about something a system or a person or ourselves have put on us that would be Christian um, and not really from God. Um, things that get in the way with our um, as our growth. So uh, I think this whole series and our whole Lenten sort of deal is about growth. I Man, are we growing through these things? Are we growing out of these things? Um, into uh, something, because I think the baggage that we carry uh, will, will hinder that growth. So that's where we're going. That's what it's all about. Um, we uh, are a church that, we actually, Jason and I sat down with this other church uh, leaders this week, and we were like, hey, let's talk about Lent. And they were like, uh, we're non-denominational. We don't do Lent. And they were very proud about that. And we were like, well, I think we're non-denominational. I don't know what we are, but I think we are. And we don't do Lent, uh, or we do Lent, but they did not like that. Anyways, but we do um, because we like the idea of giving up something. We like the idea of sacrifice. Um, I think it's a good practice for us. Um, and uh, we celebrate it because I, uh, we just feel like it's always very valuable. So I've gotten to love this season and not growing up in it because I love the idea that I get to experiment with things, try something new, give up something, and ask God to sort of supplement for me, uh, that for us. So um, Lent starts off with Ash Wednesday. Um, and so we had an Ash Wednesday service this past week. Um, we had it in this new building that I think probably outside of Stephanie saying it officially, this is the first time we get to say like, yeah, we're doing that. We signed a lease. So I think that means we are doing it. Um, so that's happening. And we did uh, our Ash Wednesday service at this building um, on Erie over here this past Wednesday. And for me, I know this isn't for everyone, but for me, um, it was a disaster. Uh, I walked away feeling really not great about that service. And a lot of it was part of the building. Like, it's different because there's one thing in this building that will be different is that I can see everyone's faces there. Here I can't see anyone. I can't see anyone. I can see Kristen and Joel. That's it. Sometimes Stephanie over here, which is why I make fun of her, but no, that's it. I can't see anyone else. But what happened on this past Ash Wednesday is I was saying something, um, and sometimes, you know, I say twerk instead of the other thing, floss or whatever. Like, I say things, right? And I don't know what I said, but I said something, and someone in the audience disagreed, didn't like it, uh, and I saw their face go, <clears throat> I was like, Oh, my gosh. And the whole time, I couldn't stop thinking about, man, that person did not like what I just said, and it bothered me. And so we need to make this pact now 
that when we go into this new building, if Jason's preaching, you can make whatever facial expressions you want. He won't care. He'll love the challenge. Oh, you? Let's go. Uh, just be like, yeah, that's great, and just write down, I hate this later. And, and talk. if I don't know about it, I'm fine. But, like, it was like a blatant, like, like that they made. And I was like, oh, my gosh. That's, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And so I was in a weird place. But not just that. Um, we decided that we were going to write our sins down on paper and burn them. And, and what I didn't realize, that Jason did realize, is that as you keep feeding it with more sins, the fire gets bigger, which is a great analogy, but it didn't work for this place. That we, and there was these like, sweet older people who were giving us their building, and they're sitting there like right there like, what is, why are they firing? They're putting fire on this. And it was, I was embarrassed and I felt dumb, and I bring this up not to be like, hey, you missed the best Ash Wednesday service ever, um, because I went home that night, uh, and I do this thing that I do, and I don't know why I do it, but I do it all the time, um, that I, if as a pastor or someone at a church, I would say, this is, no one should ever think this. I would never preach this. I would never teach this, um, and I don't even believe it, but for some reason, my brain believes it and does this all the time. So I walked away from that service, and I go, oh, my gosh. I have done something to make God upset. Like, that's why he didn't bless this service tonight. What am I doing? And so I started examining, what am I doing? What am I doing? Because I, I, this erroneous idea that if I do well, God's going to reward me, and if I don't do well, and I don't know where that comes from. I'm sure if you're a psychologist, you'll be like, yeah, I know exactly where that comes from, and you can point at the two people, but like, I don't know uh, where that comes from, uh, but it's there, and I went home, and I was like, okay, I, I immediately was like, oh, man, you know what, I was, I was writing down my prayers for a while, and that was so good for me, and I haven't done it as much lately, I bet that's why, or, oh, you know what, uh, I think I've let my uh, spiritual practices not be as, as high as they were at one time, I, I bet that's why. Uh, has my anger gotten out of control? I'm angry. Uh, I don't, I'm lazy right lately. Like, and I, all these things, all my problems start coming to me, and I'm like, this is why uh, God decided not to bless this Ash Wednesday service, as if it's all about me anyways. That's, I, the whole thing is, like, this is a very selfish thing to think. Um, but I do. I do that. And um, a list goes off, and I just start um, thinking of God as withholding. Oh, and I'll, I'll do this thing where I, when I, I get art jobs, and the art jobs are awesome, and every time I get one, I used to, I'd be like, oh, God, thank you so much. This is a blessing. You've given me this job. Someone's paying me to do art. That's great. Um, and I, in my head, I was like, I, I haven't been thanking God for art jobs, and now he's holding, now he's, he's not blessing our Ash Wednesday service. Uh, this is what I do, um, and these are all lies, and it's all garbage. Um, but it's baggage that I carry that I picked up at some point, spiritual baggage. I do it on airplanes um, when I get an airplane. I don't even know why. Airplanes are safer than cars. I should do it when I get in a car. But when I get an airplane, I'm like, I could crash and die. I'm going to die probably. So I do this thing that I learned growing up where I was like, well, I better, there's a certain prayer you say. And if you say that prayer, you get into the good place. And I was like, God, just forgive me for all my sins. Um, and now that I, as long as I don't sin between the, car, the plane crashing and me saying that prayer, I'm going to heaven, is what I was taught, and I don't believe that at all, but for some reason, when I get an airplane, I'm like, well, let me just cover that base just in case. Let me just say all the things that need to get there in case I'm wrong. Um, I, uh, man, uh, as Jay said, I have a huge baggage with the word baptism, 
because my church growing up abused it. Like you were like, it's the only way you became a Christian was baptism. And it had to be, you had to say the right words. If you said the wrong words, it didn't count. You had to be fully submerged. If you weren't fully submerged, you were sprinkled as a baby. You are not in. You're not going to the good place. Baptism is the be all, end all. And if you decided that, yes, I want to be baptized, and you were driving to the church, and you got in a car crash and died, I'm sorry. You were eternally in the lava lakes. You don't get to Cloud City. So... Uh, that was heavy on me, and I would like, and even to this day, I'm like, when it comes to baptism, I just there's so much baggage uh, put on, especially in that in that church culture. Um, my any evangelical, I think the purity culture uh, with sexuality and purity, pure it was just. So, did anyone do True Love Weights? I totally did True Love Weights. Yeah, still got my ring. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's just these things where there was so much shame. And so much guilt and so much pressure put on this, this one small part of morality more than uh, spirituality. And these things, they don't come from the scriptures. They don't come from God revealing it to us. Just we put baggage on ourselves, especially spiritually. Um, this whole sermon series actually started with a conversation that Jason and I had a couple months ago. Uh, the city or the state, I don't know what it is, decided to legalize marijuana. And uh, Jason and I were sitting there having our Monday morning coffee. And I was like, this is wild to me because my whole entire life this has been illegal. Like illegal, you can't do it. Um, you can't do it, no one can. And, uh, and uh, we were sitting there, I was like, isn't it weird to think that it's 10 o'clock in the morning if you and I, Jason, wanted to go to Mad Tree to grab a drink and to talk over things, no one would really care. No one would bat an eye at that. Yeah, that's great. But I was like, but it's legal now. If you and I wanted to go, like, smoke marijuana somewhere, people would have problems with that. I would have a problem with that. I was sitting there processing. I was like, I'd feel guilty. I'd feel like I'm doing something wrong. And technically, I would be doing nothing wrong. It's legal when this thing is. And but I was like, there is something and I would be embarrassed if someone saw it, if someone took a picture. I'm like, man, this is baggage that isn't real that I have that I'm putting on everything. And I mean, we have all of our thoughts. And probably some of us right now are having some very serious thoughts about that. And it's real, and it's not from God, and it's not from the scriptures. It is just social baggage that we carry that our children probably won't carry. They'll probably have new baggage and different baggage. And it's just, and this whole series between now and Lent, our whole practices of sacrifice between now and Easter uh, are going to be about growing, letting go, and getting rid and starting the process of getting rid of some of our baggage. Uh, today we're going to talk about spiritual baggage, but we'll be talking about other things, uh, some of our traumas and some of our anxieties and fears as well to go through it. But um, but there's this baggage, how we conduct ourselves socially, uh, how we uh, react to certain kinds of things as Christians, as people of faith, as people who are trying to be the best humans we can be, um, how we vote, uh, what we think about abortion, uh, who's in and who's out, who is accepted, who is not accepted. Um, we must pray a certain way, or you have to do your Bible study and your whatever every day. These are the things that make us better. And it's condition after condition mixed with tradition after tradition mixed with baggage that comes with a lot of judgment uh, on us. And we're not able to grow because we carry so much baggage sometimes. We have these thoughts that are not from God, and we carry them, and we're like a plant that can't get to the sun 
that we either die or we just don't grow. Uh, it's why um, it's a real popular word right now, deconstruction, because we're given these systems um, in uh, growing up in spirituality uh, by people, by organizations, by ourselves. These systems, and sometimes they're good and they last, but a lot of times people who are like deconstructing or going through and reevaluating their faith, it's they found that these things they were told to do and represent and be fail because the world is hard and the world is difficult and they fail and that must mean God's fails too and so we deconstruct and the problem is most of us say it's not worth really rebuilding and so they just move on or drop it or let go Uh, and it's the good work of those of us who are like no we can reconstruct something that is from God that is from the scriptures that's not just some baggage that we carry um, there's two stories in the scriptures that I really wanted to, to just talk about. One is um, Paul, the, uh, the apostle, um, wrote a lot of the New Testament. His story is that he was Jewish and he was, I mean, the Jew of Jews. He was uh, very well respected, very well learned. He was a Pharisee. He was a teacher. And he had very specific thoughts about God and who God was and what God does and how God interacts And it was not Jesus. He hated this. He personally sought out people who were followers of this and tried to have them killed. He he, he was wrong. He was like, this is wrong, and I know for a fact that I am right, and I am righteous, and I know what's right. And come to find out, he was wrong. And he has this experience with Christ where he's like, oh, I have been wrong this entire time. I'm wrong. And there's a transformation, a renewing of his mind that happens. Um, another way I've heard it described is are there's things that we hold in a closed fist and there's things that we hold in an open fist or an open hand. Um, and we have to be very careful because a lot of times that we're holding something in a closed fist that is just our things that we're putting on each other or putting on ourselves or putting on others. Um, and we need to learn to probably let go. And the older I've gotten, the easier it is to let go of most of the things I thought were like, this is worth fighting for. This is, this is the truth. And more things are in the open hand of like, nah, it's not. And so for Paul in this road, man, this is the truth. This is what I know, and I'll fight to the death for it. Oh, guess what? I was wrong, right? Um, the, the word that I like uh, for this sort of growth um, it's called transition. I like this idea of uh, Jesus calls us to, to be, to transition, right? The, the following the master, following Christ, is to transition ourselves as humans all the time, where we're learning new things and experiencing new things. Because the scriptures are filled with story after story after story of people who knew how God operated. Oh, I know God now. I know the God. Only to find out that they were wrong every time, over and over again. Oh, I know how God works. This is how God works. I know what God does in your life. This is what God does in your life. I know, and it, and it culminates with Jesus. Oh, we know who God is, and then Jesus shows up and is like, uh, okay, this is not who we, and then they, they even put that on him. We know who you're supposed to be as Messiah, as Jesus, and he over and over again shows them that you are wrong. And so the Bible, I think, very clearly teaches us that everything we're holding in this closed hand Almost everything probably needs to be a little bit more open because we hold on to that and we carry it and it becomes baggage and it doesn't allow us to grow. Um, the story of um, 
Jesus and the adulterous woman. That's what, I hate calling it that, but that's just the subheading I can remember. That's the baggage I have from my Bible. Um, the, uh, but it's this story where this woman is caught in adultery. You can dig into that story and be like, where was the man? And they didn't care at the time. But she was drugged, and all these people had stones in their hand. And they're like, oh, we get to stone this woman. She does something, she did something illegal. She did something we consider wrong. She was caught, and we get to stone her, probably kill her, not necessarily, but probably. Uh, and Jesus steps in, and maybe you've heard the story where he just, it's the, the popular quote, man, let he without sin throw the first stone. And people start opening their hands, opening their fists, and dropping stones and walk away. Uh, Jesus steps into a situation where people knew what was right. Oh, man, this is, they knew something. I knew that this is wrong, and in, in return, I am right. I knew that this situation is wrong, but I know what's right. And Jesus comes in and says, no, you're wrong. And he transitions minds, he transitions hands, he transitions hearts. Um, and so to grow spiritually, which is what our goal should be, to grow spiritually we have to let go of what we know sometimes. A lot of times, we have to let go of the known, and we don't want to. Uh, we have to let go of worlds that we've created. We have to let go of assumptions that we have. Um, and it's a hard practice for a lot of us, especially people who were uh, sort of grown up in the church world. They have so much of this stuff they're holding on to, and when they do let go, they feel guilty, they feel bad. Um, and we are Americans. We are Westerners. We don't let go of anything. That, uh, that bumper sticker, like, you're going to have my guns when you pry out my cold, dead hands. We may not agree with that statement, but we agree with it in everything else in this world. We hold on to everything. We keep things. We keep our money. We keep our stuff. We keep our houses. We keep our cars. We don't let go. And you definitely see it around death. We are not ready to let go of anyone until they are pried out of our hands. We don't let go. We cling and we hold on. And I think in following Christ and following God and growing spiritually, we have to learn that we are not in control, that we get to let go of a lot. Um, the problem is, is that when we let go, it's not very safe, right? When we let go, when we're clinging to the mountain of our baggage or the mountain of the the assumptions that we have built, the world that we have built, and we let go of that, we're now free-falling, and we have to trust God. Um, I want to come back to this open hands, open hearts, open minds. It's what Jesus came to do. He comes in Mark, and the first thing he says in Mark is, uh, um, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is the first words you get from Jesus if you're reading through Mark. Uh, and what it means, it doesn't mean say sorry for your sins, it means you have to renew your mind. You have to change your thinking, all of you. So when we come to the scriptures, when we come to Jesus, when we come to the story of the adulterous woman, when we come to the story of Paul, we need to, it's a story designed to renew our mind, to change our minds, to change our thinking. And as we go through this series, as we go through Lent, um, our goal is to open our minds, uh, open our hands to these things that we cling to, some of the baggage, there's some things that we, that we hold on to that are good. And there's a lot of things we need to let go of. And then we open our hearts. Uh, this is um, on Wednesday night, I think, um, some of the things that got lost in the fire. Um, 
was this idea that uh, that we hold on to um, we hold on to a lot of like especially forgiving our the people that are our enemies. Um, we hold on to grudges. We hold on to um, our we get to give out forgiveness when we want to. Uh, we hold on to these things and. A lot of times they're just something small, and they build, and they build, and they build, and not just spiritual baggage that we've picked up throughout our, our lives, and not just trauma that we have honestly experienced in our lives, and not just fear and anxiety, some that we create on our own and some that are given to us. Those are all real, but then we start adding extra things to it all the time. And so as we go through this series, as we go through Lent, um, if you have not, uh, man, if you're like, I don't do a Lenten practice, you can start now. And if you started one, you're like, man, I already gave up on it. Um, just start it back again. It's not some hard rule of 44 days that has to be there. And remember, Sundays you get a day off. Um, that's a real thing. Um, but it is all about us learning to grow, learning to transition into being Christ, into being the best human that we can be. That's our goal as we go through this. Um, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for us specifically in our transition throughout Lent, what God's going to do through us and in us. Um, and as you come to the, to the table this morning, the band's going to play, and you can come take communion. Um, man, I challenge you to pray for a, just for a second and ask God to transition you. Man, transition me into who I need to be. What, what's the message that I need for Easter? What's the message that I need for this Lent season? And man, take me through that journey. Um, God, thank you for, um, thank you for the stories that we get of Christ that show us how to act and how to be. And Lord, as a culture that holds on to things tightly, I pray that we can open our minds, that we can open our hearts and open our hands to where you're taking us, to what you want us to do, to what you want us to be. Um, Lord, take the thoughts, the lies that we have about you and get rid of them and only keep truth in there. Uh, the things that pop up into the back of our heads um, about your conditional love or your um, uh, anger or wrath towards us that's erroneous, take those away. Um, let us feel and know uh, that we are wrapped uh, in a divine being of love and of mercy, and of grace, and of peace. Let us feel those things. Let us be those things. Be with us this series and this Lenten uh, season. Amen. Amen.